I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 111 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time to close out the 2018 year, which has been a tremendous year for the podcast, and I have got an awesome week planned for you guys. I'm going to hit you with five first-class fathers to finish out this incredible year in style, and I'm going to get the week started with a lot of fun. I've got a very special, very talented guest joining me today. How talented? Well, after more than a 1,000 contestants, he was a runner-up on America's Got Talent. That's just how talented he is, and I am talking about mind-reading phenomenon Oz Perlman. And he puts his mind-reading skills on display in this upcoming interview, and he really just blows my mind here. So please, stick around to hear my conversation with O's the Mentalist. And at the end of the interview, you will hear the unedited version of the conversation so that you could be just as amazed as I was when O's throws one of his personal mind tricks on me. So please, do not miss it. Joining me for tomorrow's episode will be the founder and CEO of NFW Watches, George Fox. He has the finest, most badass watches available for both men and women. And if you are still searching for a Christmas gift, get right over to his website, nfwonline.com, right now to see what I'm talking about. The watches are world-class, and George is a first-class father who gives back so much of his success to help a variety of different charities, including for our veterans. So please, uh, join me tomorrow. The episode will be lit. And joining me later on in the week will be a Forbes 2017 top influencer, Justin McClure. Joe DeSena, the founder of Spartan Race and Death Race, will be joining me. And an entrepreneur that went from being broke to being worth more than $100 million in five years, Joel Marion, will be here as well. So please, lock it into First Class Fatherhood. We are celebrating fatherhood and family values, as always. And we are going to finish off the year strong with some valuable content. And you guys, I cannot say thank you enough for all the support and for continuing to listen to the podcast and share First Class Fatherhood. We have come a very long way since March, and the best is yet to come. From the little acorn grew the mighty oak. So please, stay with me here. Got some big things coming in the next year, and we are going to end the year with a bang. So let me hit you guys with a quick little spot, and I will be right back with mind-reading phenomenon, O's Perlman. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a world-class entertainer, regularly called upon by A-list celebrities, heads of state, and Fortune 500 companies to perform at their most high-profile events. He captivated the nation on America's Got Talent with his unique brand of mentalism and mind-reading, winning third place out of thousands of acts. You may also have caught him on O's Nose, his network TV special on NBC, Jimmy Fallon, or during his dozens of appearances on the Today Show. Uh, it is so awesome for me to say O's Perlman. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thanks, Alec. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. All right, O's, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? 
I'm two, I've got two kids, two little boys, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old. Wow, awesome. Two little boys. Are, are we going for the girl here, or are you done? I'm sure we are, man. I'm sure. I, the wife wants another. I want, I mean, they bring so much joy. I don't know how I'll say no. I don't know if we'll have a boy or girl. I'm, I'm happy either way, but I, there's something to be said for daddy's little girl. I've heard from all my buddies who have daughters. They go, you got to have a girl, too, so we'll see. All right. I like to hear that. We had our three boys first, and then we were blessed with our little princess. And if we didn't get her on the fourth try, we'd have five by now. It happened to us. <laughs> we might have to get a minivan with you. Life's on another level once you start rocking the minivan, believe me, Oz. Uh, all right. Take a second here, please, to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. So I've got a very unique profession. I'm a mentalist, which most people hear that, and they don't even know what that is. My wife goes, are you mental? It's uh it's like a magician. When you think of magic, you think of card tricks. You think of things appearing and vanishing. And most of what it is is sleight of hand. So I started as a magician. At a certain point, I got to be a mentalist. A mentalist is more uh, about the mind than it is about sleight of hand. I don't have to have fast hands anymore. What it seems like I can do is read people's mind. That, that's really the craft, is giving the perception and illusion that I can influence you, that I can know what you're thinking, and that I can know your decisions before you make them, like literally based on body language, psychology, uh, a lot of misdirection, and so that's what I do professionally now. I read minds all around the world at events large and small, and I do a lot of stuff on TV. And, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's my gig. Yeah, I watched you on America's Got Talent. My kids love that show. Uh, you are an amazing performer. You put on a great show. Uh, but tell me, has the mentalist ability transitioned at all into fatherhood in any way? Uh, can you predict kind of when your kids are going to throw up, spit up, or pee on you? I have not figured out what my youngest will do ever. I, I get home, and it's, it's not even a prediction. I pray. I'm like, don't let this kid wake up at 1, 3, and 5 a.m., but yet he does. Uh, I'm certain it's going to work wonders probably from age about 5 to 10, where I'll be the cool dad, and then at 10 or 11 when I go back to being a nerdy loser dad. But I'm going to hit my zone at a certain point. Once these kids start getting magic, uh, I think I'll be cool to them and to their friends uh, because I can pull out the old magic tricks. And once they get a little older, the mentalism will really freak them out, and it'll be a great leg up on the competition when I teach it to them because it's, it's incredibly useful in your day-to-day -day life. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Uh, all right, I always hear a lot of young men saying that they are not ready for fatherhood. They say, I'm not ready to have kids yet, and I don't think anybody really ever is ready for parenthood. Uh, so what are some of the things that have happened early on here in your fatherhood journey that maybe you weren't anticipating or, or something that's kind of caught you off guard? Just thinking about this before we got on the podcast and listening to some of your other ones, the two words that I would say are the strongest is just joy and fulfilling. Like, those are the two things I feel with the kids that are just just tremendous joy like i just it doesn't matter what kind of day i had the moment if my son runs up gives me a hug and gives me a kiss i'm just it doesn't matter everything else melts away and the fulfilling is like seeing them learn seeing them pick stuff up um it really is kind of a, a path to immortality if you will now not everybody's going to be a parent but it's one of those things where as you see your kid grow up seeing things through their eyes and getting to experience again like what it was like to be a kid and how fun and new everything is it just, there's nothing like it. There really, truly isn't. And I, I was never, some people are kind of, they're destined at a young age. They know they're going to be parents and they, they think about it and it's a goal. For me, I didn't really know what I was going to do in terms of having kids. And then when we had our first child, it was just like eye-opening where I just realized this is, this was what it was meant to be. Like everything is for this. And, uh, it really is. It's the best part of life. I mean, I love my wife too. Don't get me wrong. Being married is phenomenal, but the, the kids and seeing them grow up you know, together and raising them is just, it's just unreal.
Yeah, smart man there, dropping your wife some love. But, but fatherhood, honestly, is something that really needs to be experienced, not explained, to be appreciated. It really is, and this is such a terrible metaphor, but <laughs> and it's so, it almost pains me to say this, but we had a dog first, which so many people do. It's like the training wheels. And we love our dog. I'm looking at my dog right now. He's cute. He's friendly. He's just terrific. And I said to myself, if I love my kid, you know, as much or more than my dog, then it, it's a no-brainer. Let's do it. And obviously, I adore my kids so much more, and it's such a different thing. Um, but it, it really was the fact that once you realize how much you can love something or someone else and, and invest in them, um, you know, your energy, your time, your money, your everything, uh, kids are a whole other level. Yes, I agree, and I think it's important for our young men to hear just how awesome fatherhood is from high-profile, successful people just like yourself because I think our culture has put this false perspective into people's minds that family life and fatherhood, that is something that you should put off until later in life or just avoid altogether. And I think that we're doing our young people, especially our young men, a great disservice by telling them that. So I'm just here celebrating it all. I think the tough part is finding out when you're ready. I don't know if you're ever ready until things happen. But there's definitely things that can be put in place where if your relationship is strong, that's going to make you better parents. There's no question communication because when you're in the early stages and you're not sleeping that much and you're trying to figure out the juggling act of you do this, you do this, you know, your spouse is hitting you and being like, you wake up and handle the kid, uh, that can test anybody. You know, you're, you're sleep, you're sleep uh, deprived and you're going nuts. So I think that the better you are connected with your significant other, uh, especially if it's a two-parent household, the, the more seamless everything is. And, and we've learned the rhythms, like from child one to child two. Um, we got very lucky. Our first kid is much easier. Our second kid is much more of a challenge, just doesn't really sleep as well, has some issues, um, versus the first one was just, you know, locked and loaded. By 10 weeks, he slept all night, 12 hours every night. We thought we were the best parents in the world. I think it's a lot more nature than nurture. You sometimes just get real lucky. Yeah, Oz, I have four of them, and they are four completely different individuals that each require a little bit of different finesse style of parenting. And it's amazing how they all come from the same place, uh, but they are all four completely different individuals. Yeah, I believe it. All right, I understand you are a big marathon runner. Are you a dad that is out there with the stroller running down the street with the kids? So this is the weirdest thing. My friends give me so much flack over this. I never started with the stroller. So uh, I live in New York City, and in Manhattan, our strollers are means of taking the kid around. We don't. We have a car, but we don't use it that much because it's a hassle, and then car seats, and it's a very different existence, city living versus suburban living. Uh, and so I never got the stroller because we have two other strollers. We have a travel stroller. We traveled so much with our kid. His first year of life, our first kid, he, he logged more miles than I did until I was 18. I'm not even kidding you. He went international. He went everywhere uh, with us. But long story short, we never got the running stroller, so I never did it. I would just go running by myself, and I really feel I missed out. Um, potentially, that'll be something. If we do have a third kid, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my foot down. I'm going to say we're going to get the stroller. Uh, I don't know where we'll put it, but we'll get the, the, the jogging running stroller, and I would love to do that. I have a few buddies. I have a buddy who actually, I think, set the United States record for the fastest marathon while pushing a kid. Uh, and there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, kind of uh, debate about if you pushed a, a six-month-old versus a two-year-old because the kid's heavier and it's so funny, these little, uh, the way people kind of talk trash to each other in, in that realm is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I could imagine some of these guys that are so competitive, like a, like a David Goggins who is so competitive, I, I could see him borrowing somebody's kid just, just to compete in a race like that. That is so funny you mentioned. Goggins is my buddy. We run together quite a bit. Uh, he just actually put out his new book. It's incredible. 
I'm going to give him a little a little shout out. But we ran uh, about 24 miles together last week. He's, he's a real real deal, man. That guy's great. Yeah, I just actually ordered his book, Can't Hurt Me, by David Goggins. I am a huge fan of his, and I was fortunate enough to meet him once myself. And I am just in awe of the Navy SEALs. My listeners know that, and I have been honored to have over a dozen frogmen on the podcast here. So I cannot wait to read David Goggins' book. He talks the talk and walks the walk, man. He is incredible. We've known each other for a few years, actually quite a few years now. And uh, we've done some ultra marathons together. Those are the 100-mile races, the longer ones we've competed and uh, at that level, everyone is just racing against themselves. You are literally seeing how far you can push your body. So it's not really a race as much as it is just a suffer fest. And if you stick it out, the, the feeling of accomplishment when you cross the finish line uh, is, is second to none. Yeah, I saw that you ran the Badwater, and I know that's one that he's done. I ran Badwater one year, and it was 125 degrees out there. So it was cooking. <laughs> All right, Oz, I'm curious. Uh, do you bring your kids into the act at all, or are you planning to in the future? So I was going to with my first son. Um, he was very good. He had very good hand-eye coordination, and I taught him one trick when he was about six months old. We had this whole plan to make a video and send it to Ellen, because I've actually, it's only one of the few TV shows I've never been on. So, Ellen, if you hear this podcast, we've got to get me on. But... All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. But um, I was going to send it to Ellen because we have a trick where I can ask somebody to think of any card in the deck. Just think of any card in the deck, and I'll tell them, shuffle it up, and they hand me the deck, and I spread them. And my kid could barely sit up. He was so little. He was chunky, too. He was very cute. And I would spread the cards out face down, and I'd say, pick one out, Theo. And he picked out their card every time. And it was, it would, you do it once, twice. And on the third time, I'd say, you think that I must be cheating and opening the deck a certain way. I hand the person the deck, the person who's helping me and say, you spread them out and name any card. And he would pick it out then. And we just never got a good quality video of him doing it. It was funny. He always did it great in person, but on video, he would always end up eating the card or doing something else. And so, you know, to answer you, we're going to get him in the act. We just didn't get that video shot perfectly. Maybe we'll give it a shot with our second boy. Awesome. Um, all right. What type of advice do you have for a parent that's out there whose kid is showing a lot of interest in magic? He loves magic, and maybe he's looking to pursue a career in something like that when he grows up. So even if you're not going to pursue it, honestly, the percentages of people that will ever become a professional performer and go into showbiz are beyond minute. But here's the thing about magic um, or anything that involves public speaking is it's going to boost your self-confidence tremendously. Uh, that is a skill you're going to need no matter what you do in life. I don't care what you do, you're going to interact with people. And when I was doing it as a kid, um, I started at age 13. I got my first gig when I was 14, pretty much because I needed a habit to support, you know, I needed uh, funds to support the habit. I needed to buy more tricks and get more books and videos. And so I started performing at restaurants, doing kids' birthday parties. And I can't even tell you how much I learned from it, just on how to approach people, how to learn people's body language, how to learn what kind of excites them, appeals to them, how to build rapport, soft social skills that have served me so well in life. And then when I went to college, and then when I went for job interviews, because I worked on Wall Street for a few years, in my job interview on the resume, my first bullet point says professional magician, you know, years this to this. And if you think for a moment that somebody didn't, you know, raise an eyebrow and go, what's this? And I always say to them at the end of the interview, if we have a minute, let me show you something cool. And I would, they would, I would end up usually pushing 15, 20 minutes into the next person's interview and feel terrible. But at the end, they're shaking my hand. They're, well, you'll be hearing from us soon. And uh, I got to tell you, I landed, 
so many job offers because they saw the way I could wow them. And that's a skill that does not matter what you end up doing. It transcends everything. It's the language that's universal, is amazement, is excitement. Uh, and, and that's what magic brings. So I got all over the place. What I would say is get that kid a book or a video or some tricks. Have them start learning it. See if it catches on. For some people, they start it, they put it away, they come back to it in life. For some people, they start and they never stop. Uh, but it, it's, it's a worthy pursuit and a passion uh, and even if you learn one or two tricks, it's really fun to know and to do to your friends and family. Yeah, well said, O's. And I think you touched on something very important there about social skills. I, I think the technology that we have is great for some things, but bad for others. I mean, I drive Uber on the weekends, and it is encouraging to see this generation of kids not drinking and driving. They're using Uber and Lyft to get around, but once they get in the car, they don't talk to each other. It's just heads down, illuminated faces, and, and we're losing the social skills in our young people. They don't really seem to know how to communicate. And I'm seeing this with my oldest son, and that's why I just recently recommended a, a book for him to read. Uh, which is one that I love, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I think it is a great book for young people to read, but communication skills uh, definitely have been breaking down quite a bit. thousand percent. And honestly, I think they've created a product with smartphones that's as addictive as, as cigarettes and other things, maybe even more so because it's so societally acceptable and also the pressure from outside sources to always be connected. And I'm as guilty as anybody else. Think 10 years ago. Think before you had to have access to your email and text at every single minute, you had moments, you had what I would describe as time to disconnect and have that creative burst. Like the same way you see your kids, like I see my two-year-old go in the other room, we don't give him any screen time yet, and he plays with toys and he imagines and he grows and there's something to be said for that. And the same for adults. Like for me, the running, um, I do listen to podcasts a lot, but every, you know, a few of my runs per week, I go out there with nothing. I go out there and I want my mind to drift and that's when I come up with some of my greatest ideas for work, my most creative ideas for TV appearances and new mentalism tricks. Uh, and, yeah, The Social Skills, one of the top books I ever recommend. When people tell me top three, what are your top three books? Dale Carnegie always is in there. Everything about that book is, is genius. It's, it's, you can go through, you can highlight, you can learn something new every time you reread it. Uh, and yeah, it applies to anything you do in life. I don't care if you're a researcher and you sit in a room by yourself. You will at some point talk to other people and have to give them your opinions and present things to them. doesn't matter what business you're in. You will always deal with other people, and that's when you need those skills. Yep, I'm right there with you on that. Um, all right, O's, tell me, what do you have your sights set on for the future? What, what kind of goals do you have set for 2019? What's coming up next for O's Perlman? So I'm going to tell you the goals, but I've got to try something first because I always get these people, they hear this podcast, and they go, I don't even know what a mentalist is, and I want, I want you to do me a favor. Okay, let's just try something for fun. We're mentioning our kids, and you mentioned the smartest thing, which is the screen time and social skills, and you want to teach your kids things that are going to inspire them and passions. I ask people this question all the time. I say, think of a person, place, or thing that's of interest to you. Okay, and, and that question, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes, and you're going to focus on one of those three categories, person, place, or thing. And tell me right now, you've got one of those categories in mind. Is that correct? That's right. I want you to say them back to me. I want you to say, don't do anything yet, but I want you to say person, place, or thing, and try not to vary your voice. Try not to vary your excitement. Try to be as deadpan as you can. Alex, say those three back to me, please. Person, place, or thing. Okay. 
There's no way. And you've got to tell the listener, this is not set up. This is not staged. Before I called you today, we had never spoken in our lives. There's no way I could know what you're thinking of. Do you agree? That's 100% correct. Honestly. So person, place, or thing, what I saw out of you is the person you said it crisply. The place you rushed a little bit, the thing was, again, the same tempo. I think that what you're focused on is a place. Am I correct? You're right. Now, place to me could have been a country, could have been a city, could have been more big in scope. You could be thinking of a planet, a solar system, a galaxy. I think that you're going more terrestrial somewhere in the world, and I think that even though the U.S. is amazing, I think you went international. Um, Don't say it, but say the words for me. Say country and then say city. Say them again. Say country and city. Country, city. Okay, country, city, country, city. I think it's a country. Am I correct? You're right. I want to, here's what I want to do. We're going to say this together, the same way we did it. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And after I say the word go, let's both say your name together. We're both going to say Alec. And I want to see if we can do it in exact synchronous. Right when I say it, we say Alec. One, two, three, go. Alec. Alec, oh, perfect. I jumped the gun on you there. <laughs> no worries. I'll do it again. One, two, three, go. Alec. Alec. Okay, so I went a little quicker. The third time will be the charm. You ready? We'll say it together. One, two, three, go. Alec. Alec. Okay, so I'll keep beating you by a little bit. So let's try this. Right after I say go, I'm going to say go, and then right then we're both going to say the country. I'm going to say the country I think you're thinking of, and I want you to say the country you're thinking of at the same time. We're going to try to do this as much in synchronicity as possible, and we'll see if I got it right. One, two, three, go. Japan. Japan. Hey, very good. And there, I'm in your head. I actually saw the flag that you were thinking in your mind. I saw white with the red in the middle. And uh, that's what a mentalist does, my friend. So goals for 2019 is to keep performing bigger and better. Um, I had one of the best years of my life in 2018. I had my own NBC TV special called O's Nose. Uh, it didn't go into series yet. And that is the goal, of course, is to take this show and instead of having it be a one-off, have it be a series and that's what we're pitching. Um, and if I can plug it, if you want to come see me perform all over the country, you can go to at O's the Mentalist. That's O Z the Mentalist. Uh, and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those. And I always post the dates and where I'm performing. And uh, you know, I'd love to amaze you in person, whoever's listening. Oh, that was just incredible. Uh, I will be including a link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can just tap the link and check you out. And I had no doubt you were going to be able to pull that off. I've seen what you can do. It's amazing. Um, Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? So I am a new dad. I mean, I, I barely feel qualified to give any, any, any type of advice, but I think the real one is enjoy it. Enjoy it because it, it's really going fast, and everyone says to me it goes fast, and uh, you don't realize until it happens. Like I see you know, videos and pictures of my son when he was a little kid, and now he's two, and I'm sure before I know he's going to be 22, and it's, it really is wild. It's a great ride. And uh, I, I tell my son I love him every single day, many, many times a day. That's, I want him to know it and really have fun. I don't, I don't know of anything better in life. I mean, making money is great. Being healthy is great. All those things are terrific. But seeing your kids' eyes light up, that's really uh, almost at the top of the heap. 
Well said, O's. And yeah, I, I was right there where you are in fatherhood, which it feels like just yesterday. And in a couple of months, I'm going to have a teenager in my house. So it goes just as fast as they promise. Uh, but I want to tell you, it has been a lot of fun for me here. You are a tremendous entertainer. Uh, you're a great performer. And I have to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks so much, Al. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep it up. All right, O's Perlman. I will be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to O's Perlman for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was awesome. That guy is an amazing guest here. What a way to kick off the week. Please hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. And if you get a chance, get over to iTunes. Hit me with a rating and a review. It would be much appreciated. I can't say thank you enough for continuing to listen and support the podcast. And bring it right back here tomorrow. I will have a first-class father with me tomorrow that is the founder and CEO of NFW Watches. If you are in the market for a badass watch for men or women, you have got to check out George Fox's selection of watches over at nfwonline.com, and he will be here with me tomorrow. Later in the week, I'm going to have Joe DeSena, Justin McClure, Joel Marion. We are closing out the year with a bang, so do not miss out. Join me back here on the podcast. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we are not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.